This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation pop. Welcome back to another fantastical month here as pop goes the classics and we make our way through the Disney catalog. Um, I don't know why I said it that way, but that was fun. I am not here alone. As I say on any podcast I do, trust me, you don't want me here by myself and all of my other voices. Um, it could be very embarrassing for me and very painful for you. So I sit and I do this wonderful thing with the fantastic phrase that was coined by my first try host, Steve. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing good. Glad to uh, be here for an uh, interesting film we're going to talk about. You know, I think a podcast with you and your many voices would be quite entertaining. Oh, thank you. I think that's just because you really like me and you're being nice, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Our other host actually would also probably defend me, but no one else in the world would, and that is Mr. Double A himself. Miranda, Steve, yes. great to be back here uh, talking and, and, and doing voices. Yes, Mar- also with my many voices as well. And I'm going to apologize up front for possibly very many Patrick Warburton uh, impressions um, because I love that guy, one of the best uh, voices for animation and also in the Disney parks and we'll get to that like at the end of the at the end of the show but no I'm happy to be here I'm happy to watch a film that somehow eluded me and as big of a Disney fan and Disney nerd I am yeah I only watch parts of it and I don't know why I never really sat down and watched it start to finish so I'm very happy that I I got to do that and I had a purpose and a reason which you don't shouldn't need a reason to watch a Disney oh. film but but I uh, am glad that I got to to watch this kind of almost with fresh eyes for this pod, which is which is refreshing. I think that is interesting. This is actually in my top five of Disney movies of all time, um, which I think is saying a lot. And I this is a movie that actually until I was an adult, I didn't realize had so much of a following um, because I felt growing up this movie came out in 2000. Um, but like growing up, I felt like no one else ever got it. And now a lot of times I can make a reference, uh, a quote or something, and someone will respond. So I think that's fantastic. So without further ado, long ago, somewhere deep in the jungle, we're checking out Emperor's New Groove. Uh, as I mentioned, this did come out in 2000. We have a fantastic cast list. David Spade, John Goodman, Eartha Kitt, Patrick Warburton, and Wendy Malick. Um, our music this time is by John Debney. This was released December 10th of 2000 for its like premiere, and then December 15th of 2000 in the United States. Runtime of 78 minutes. Budget of $1 million. Um, the gross revenue is large. I'm not good with numbers. You guys don't want me saying that, but look it up. Um, so, Steve... I know that you did a run through on our website a couple of years ago where you reviewed all of the Disney movies. And I we've come across some as we've done this where um, sometimes it was your first viewing. So was that the case here with Emperor's New Groove? Was it your first viewing or 
Was this one that you actually remembered? Um, well, I, I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I, I do remember that. And like Andy, I'd only seen like bits and pieces of it throughout the throughout the years. And then when I did it for the wonderful reviews, it was the first time I saw it in its entirety from start to finish. And uh, I had heard of, you know, I was kind of like you, you know, had heard the rep, you know, that it had a reputation of being a, you know, many thought it was a very underrated film. Um, watching it for in its entirety for the first time, I I did enjoy it. Um, I liked, I thought it was a good film. Definitely better than um the last one we we reviewed dinosaur um yeah i don't what is it (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's not a very high bar steve (laughs) (laughs) well well, just wait till we get a couple films down the line that bar might get a little might get a little bit higher i think i think at least one is under that bar yes i agree with that um i i don't know if i would put myself in that group thinking that it's underrated i think it is in my opinion kind of i think it's properly rated um i know (laughs) <laughs> I know reading, you know, kind of stu- kind of going into the like the background of this film, the, that it had a very long and kind of troubled history with its production. Um, I know there's a, um, I, know, I don't know if either of you are familiar with a, um, there was a documentary about the film um, called The Sweatbox. I don't know if either of you have seen it. Um, yeah. It was kind of, it kind of documented the, the making of the film and the production behind it and how um, apparently um, Sting was supposed to have a bigger role in it um, in terms of making the f- music for it. Um, I know it's, even though Disney owns, owns the rights to that pr- documentary, it's not on Disney plus. I, I actually, I found it on YouTube. That's where I watched it for the first time. Um, so I, I think, you know, again, just kind of knowing the backstory and knowing, you know, kind of watching it with with relative fresh eyes for the first time. Like I said, I did like it. I thought it was a good film, but I don't think it's um, as underrated as some might think it is. It only stings a little. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, everyone is actually entitled to their opinion. We just like to give each other crap here when our opinions don't lie, but we actually very much value the other person's um, ideas. Andy, do you, so you watched this because I remember I gasped last time. I don't remember <laughs> if it was on the pod and it, it may be because I gasped audibly a lot on this thing. Um, but Andy, I never realized that you hadn't actually like watched it like all the way through in its entirety and you like caught me off guard and I just pulled on Steve what I did on you and I was like, <clears throat> so this was your first watch through, correct? From start to finish. Yes. Um, what did you know of the film prior? I knew of the cult following. I knew of, uh, you know, basically Patrick Warburton steals the show. Um, as he should. As Kronk, because they made a, a sequel with, mm-hmm. about him, which I have to watch. You know, I heard, you know, Eartha Kill was fine. David Spade is good. John Goodman, you know, always puts in a solid performance in uh, when he does anime. Come on, he's Sully. You know, he's also you know, the father. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Let, Letty's father in 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 um, Princess and the Frog. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, I can definitely see where this is one of those people of a certain age, certain time. If you saw this, it, it becomes a like a cultic. I thought I enjoyed the movie. Do I? I where is it? I mean, for me, it's probably still somewhere. It would probably be in the middle somewhere, like up maybe upper middle. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't definitely not be in the top, but I, I enjoyed it. I did have some kind of issues with, with some things in the story <gasps> a little bit. Well, it was just like, I, I mean, Esma's a, a good villain, but she's not, 
great. I mean, she's. But I think that's she, the whole important. I think. Yeah, I, she's a. She's yeah. not a. She's actually kind of a terrible villain in terms of like getting her shit done, you know, kind of thing. But I think that's great. I know, but uh, I yeah, I mean, I I also I I I did not like Cusco. I I I I was like, what 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 is there's. He didn't earn his redemption. Like, I don't, I don't think he did, actually, is all. It kind of, it was kind of a jerk, basically. And, and yeah. he doesn't, and he stays that way a lot. And, and. He becomes way less of a jerk. Yeah, he becomes, he becomes less of a jerk. But I, I, I just don't, he didn't, his arc was not as, as, as it should be for a, for a hero of a movie, I think. That's, that's, that's kind of, I think, where the, my biggest, Mm-hmm. negative of the movie is well, I mean, we'll talk about it as we go through yeah but you know it's it's great because there hadn't really been anything set in south america outside of you know the salus amigos and and um three caballeros yeah it's been very very long time because yeah, those were so, i mean when we first started this basically yeah, in the 40s so i think that it was it's it's a really fun movie too that's that's the thing it's a fun movie it's it has its great moments i thought there are some hysterical bits in it I mean, the whole thing in, in the, we'll get to it in the diner, in the kitchen. I was like, I was, I was cracking up watching that. Um, but, you know, I, I did enjoy it. And I could see why you love it, though. I, I don't take anything away. But also, it's kind of like, Miranda, please don't gasp, but like Hocus Pocus. Like, I don't, I don't get the whole thing because maybe it's just not me. Maybe it's just, I'm not, I didn't see it at a certain time in my life. Right. But I think, I think it's, I could see where. Like right. I can, I, I there, I, I can validate that. Like I was like, why are you? Lo-? No, I can see that there's something there. It just doesn't hit me. But I can see that this movie, like Hocus Pocus, like had, same people and people say the same thing about Nightmare Before Christmas. Like I love Nightmare Before Christmas. It's my favorite, my absolute favorite. But there are people that like think it's like overrated. They, you know, they think like, oh, well, what is it? That? You know, and the same thing about Hocus Pocus. Same thing about about this movie. So mm-hmm. you could see that. You could say that with anything. It's not like certain movies like Aladdin, Lion King. You know Cinderella that are universally, you know, there's not a lot of like people like don't like that like that scene like they don't get the 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 kind of people who are rabid fans of of that. Yes, they don't like they. It's it's one of those things. This is like one of those. It's it's a, it's a very good movie. It's fun, but for me, it it just didn't score as high as as maybe I went in there with high. My expectations were a little high. And maybe, and I think maybe that's the problem when you have people watching this. Like I'm, I'm talking to you and Steve, like how amazing it is, and churching it up, and or not churching it up, but like giving it the um, emphasis that I feel it has. And so I think that does happen a lot of times when you're sharing media with someone. Um, my son, he said he really struggles with that when someone recommends something to him, and a bunch of people are like, "It's so good, it's so good, it's so good, it goes." He's like, when when that happens, like repetitively he ends up actually not even checking that thing out because he's like i feel like i'm just going to be let down yeah it's like when you yeah like or when you're with your kids you're like oh you gotta check this out and they're like why why is so great about this like you don't get this yeah like what's wrong with you no that's how he is like with any with anyone recommending if people keep going but it's so good it's so good he's like well now you've ruined it (laughs) like now you've ruined it um so for me it is a top five but i will say um, I have I, I notice a pattern that a lot of the movies that people are like, mm, it's okay, are my favorites. And I think it's just like where it resonated with me at the time, how it's grown with me, Hocus Pocus being one of them, Nightmare Before Christmas, 
Great Mouse Detective, um, Alice in Wonderland, um, Emperor's New Groove, all of those, I find less people that love them compared to the others, if that makes sense. You like the quirky stuff. I I do. I like the quirky stuff. Uh, But this came out in 2000, and I did go see it with um, some friends from show choir. I was a show choir kid, so maybe that had something to do with it. Because I feel like this is very kind of quirky show choir kid. Um, but it's fantastic. We open up here with Cusco, played by David Spade. As Andy did kind of already allude to, he is self-centered, spoiled, and he's very vain. He is our emperor of the Incan Empire and brought up by his ancient head advisor, Yzma, played by Eartha Kitt. And one day he decides to summon um, Pacha, which is our John Goodman. And this, he is the head of, like, the nearby village. So he's, like, I guess would be, like, the mayor of this nearby village. And he's informing him that he's going to build his enormous summer home. Kuzkotopia. Um, but it's going to be on the side of his house. Like, literally on his house. He proceeds to protest and he is dismissed. And at this point, he um, Cusco fires Uzma as well for attempting to run the kingdom while he's preoccupied, which infuriates her. She, along with her very easily distracted assistant, Kronk, played by none other than the Daddy Patrick Warburton. He's fantastic. Uh, uh, they then attempt to poison Cusco so that she can take full and permanent control of the empire. So you kind of have a lot that happens right there. And I love this explanation when he's trying to explain to him. He's got like this diorama, like, I'm putting Kuzco-topia here. So what did you guys think about the opening? Andy, I'll let you go first this time. How did you feel about this opening? And actually the introduction to like everybody that means anything in the movie all at once. Yeah, it does set the stage. I mean, how... Cusco is is such a jerk, and it's like, wow, you're gonna you're gonna bulldoze this village to put a pool. That's kind of a jerk dick move, right. kind of thing. Um, I, I I like how they kind of tell it like a little bit in a flashback because they start off with him in the rain as the soaked llama. Right. Esma Esma to me is like kind of like not like she is fun. Don't get me wrong, but she's she's like if you took Jafar and Hades and kind of put them in a blender. And okay made her be a little more inept in there like has like the comedic timing of hades kind of has the, the same like plot like her her deal as, as as jafar how being like an advisor and all that stuff uh i thought john goodman's fine as pacha i love that we get john fielder uh if you don't know him basically he was piglet in mm-hmm. the you know in the, in the movies and we get him and every time you hear his voice so many times that he's he's one of those like he's up there with like like maybe like the next level down from like your Sterling Holloway, your Phil Harris's in terms it's of like, like you know who they are, but you may not know their yeah, name. They're great, great animation voices. And of course, Patrick Warburton is crunk. Mm-hmm. We should accomplish. Uh, you know, he he like I said, he steals the movie for me. I do love that they 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 set the they set this up fairly quickly. They it moves into you know, the inciting incident happens very fast where they kind of mix up the potions and all that stuff. So it's it, it gets off to a great start. I, I think the, the movie doesn't lack later on is where I think it kind of like the story story kind of goes a little not off the rails, but it kind of like loses me okay. in it a little bit, a little bit later into the movie. But here I thought it was a great I was I was on board 
from the beginning. So I was okay. very, very, I was, it was great storytelling. In other words, it was very, it was, a, it was efficient. You know, it was like, like something you learn in like a screenwriting class. It's like, let's get into the incident. Don't talk, show that all that stuff. And it was, yeah, it was pretty well done. Like basically get the thing done. Like, let's get into it. Come on. Perfect. <laughs> all right, Steve, how did you feel about this opening here? Uh, I agree with anywhere. It's kind of interesting how they open up for, with your first shot you see of Cusco as him as the as a llama. And then he like narrates everything. Of course, he's try, he's trying to spin it that he's the um, the victim in all of this because that's what you know narcissists right. you know act like. And I mean that's not to you know forgive me for being blunt, but Cusco's a dick. He's he's, 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 he's basically you know you know just uh, like you said self-centered narcissistic you know that you know that poor old guy inadvertently got was in the way when he was dancing and he gets thrown out a window you know out of giant window because of it um kind of interesting um fun fact the uh the theme song guy is actually um tom jones which i think is kind of an was a nice little you know kind of get there for them kind of get you know um, you know music you know music legend um I do think, um, I mean, they definitely casted everyone, you know, really well because, you know, David Spade is, you know, great at playing that kind of a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think John Goodman's good as Pacha. He kind of brings, you know, some, you know, levity and some good, you know, down to earth, earthness to that character. Um, I, I kind of go back and forth with Yzma as a villain. I think she has her, her moments. Um, but I think she, like, like uh, Andy said, she is definitely very inept with her uh with how she is a villain and interest you know the character of croc i think is one that can get really annoying if it's not played by the right person but thankfully like we've said you know patrick warburton is the perfect voice for that character Mm -hmm. i mean i mean i'll always know him for for being joe swanson a family guy but i think this is definitely uh aside from that character this is his trademark character um I he's David Putty man from Seinfeld. You know, high five. Never, yeah, that's true. I got someone who hasn't watched a lot of Seinfeld. Movie. I can't. I oh, can't, uh... Steve. Oh, you break my heart a little bit. Yeah, Sorry, he's also... I'm gonna break your heart too. Seinfeld. Oh my god. I'm gonna. Well, I'm, J- gonna I'm, JT, I'm gonna gasp. If, if Rosero listens to this, he's putting his fist. He's gonna put his fist to the wall when he hears you say that. We love you, JT. <laughs> But also, if you uh, ever played Skylanders, oh uh, yes, he has a yeah. He's that the uh, that captain of the, the the pirate ship or whatever it was. He's in that. He's also um, you know the pre-show for Soren at Epcot. So yeah, very uh, the uh, Lemony Snicket and series of unfortunate events. Oh, I never saw that. Oh, that was fantastic. I highly is it recommend the show or the movie. The show. Okay, I never watched it. I think yeah, I watched the movie. Was- He was Flynn on, um, he has done voiceover work for so many things. People may not realize this, but he's actually in Call of Duty, obviously Skylanders. He's very well known for Skylanders. Um, he was actually in Joe Dirt 2. Um, (laughs) he, he, his list, uh, his resume, would you have it, is just really fantastic. And I think it's funny how everybody knows him from something else like you say his name and people are like oh i know him so he was the sheriff on the new scooby-doo uh one of the newer scooby-doo mystery shows as well and i actually have seen him do um do stand-up comedy too so 
I so and he he's good. I I you know yeah. he is very he is very funny. So, um, but um, but yeah, but but, but you know, but um, but yeah, the whole I you know the whole thing about you know, uh, Isman wants to you know take over the rule as emperor, and um, then like I said, Cusco basically telling Pacha he's destroying his own home his home to build his little theme park there again, just kind of like you said sets the tone for everything, and you know then around here's where, of course this is where you get some of the uh, the classic quotes that everyone likes to quote uh, the pull the lever gronk and pull the lever gronk yeah the the wrong, wrong yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, but yeah, it was a good, good little start to the film. Um, I, I think the whole thing is that the Isma, in my opinion, really isn't supposed to be the villain. I do love that. Uh, but she invites Cusco to a farewell dinner, and he drinks the poison that they put together, which supposedly kills him. And I will just go ahead and say, I love in this scene when they're like, "Now we have to get rid of the body." <laughs> <laughs> But I was he's like, uh, of course she has a secret lab. Why wouldn't yeah. she? <laughs> but I love that no one is phased at the Disney movie and they think they've killed this guy. He's face down in his plate. And they're like, We've got to get rid of the body. And like every, it's I remember everyone laughing. Like I thought it was funny. Um obviously he's still alive. And suddenly he has ears um that become those of a llama. His neck stretches out, his hands turn to hooves, his face turns into a snout, and Yzma orders Kronk. To knock the transformed Cusco unconscious and discovered that the supposed poison is actually a potion that turned him into a llama. Um, and this whole like exchange here is really funny because he says something to her about, um, well, you can't tell the difference between all your potions. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Right. He's like, you know, in my defense, your potions all look alike. You might think about relabeling some of them. <laughs> um, at this point, they realize, like, okay, well, the what we wanted, what Isma wanted, I was not going to say we, but what Isma wanted to happen didn't actually happen. So she says, take him, you know, unconscious to, and, you know, get get rid of We got to do something. So she orders Kronk basically to dispose of him. But the conscious stricken Kronk kind of loses the sack holding Cusco. Um, and Cusco ends up in Pacha's village and angrily accuses Pacha of kidnapping him and demands that Pacha help him return to the palace. Of course, as Pacha should, he refuses unless Cusco builds his summer home somewhere else. And Cusco attempts to find his own way home, which ends him in quite the conundrum. And he ends up surrounded by a pack of jaguars, only to be saved by Pacha, who in the end is the good person here. Um, meanwhile, we've got Uzma just assuming that she is now commanding the nation. But Kronk kind of reveals in a very funny manner that he never really killed Kuzco. So the two head out and begin to search the local villages for him themselves. Um, what did you guys think here of our basically... Attempted unaliving that didn't work. Um, <laughs> transformation to a llama to then dispose of him like trash to run back into Pacha. Uh, Steve, you can go first this time. Yeah, well, not only does Yzma have a uh, her own secret lab, they have a roller coaster that gets them to it. So Why um, not? Perfect. <laughs> um yeah, the, that whole the whole sequence was like, you know, they're trying to poison him. And at one point, uh, you know, 
Kronk's got to knows which cup the uh, poison's in, but then he loses it, so he's got to mix them all around in the three cups. And then he, you know, thankfully he tells Yzma not to, you know, drink it so that they don't get affected. And then that little interesting uh, fake out there where it's like uh, Cusco falls onto the plate thinking you think he's dead, but then he just like pops up back up and then he transforms. Um, and then, like you said, um, yeah, Kronk, yeah, even though he's supposed to be, you know, you know, the heavy, Yzma's heavy, he clearly is, you know, you know, the exact opposite of her, where he's like, he is good hearted. And that he's, yeah, that little uh, thing where he and uh, the little devil and angel kind of go back and forth. And then that's when he loses them, uh, loses Kuzco. And then, um, and then, like I said, then we find out, you know, then he ends up go, being, going with Pancha. And we meet, um, then we meet Pancha's family, which I actually think um, his wife, Chicha, was, uh, was one of my favorite characters in the film just because I, you know, she's got a, you know, she's a great character. I, I mm-hmm. think she's one of the best ones, you know, because she's just so witty and, um, you know, snarky, but, you know, very uh, caring. And I, you know, and then we meet his, their kids as well. Um, and then, like you said, you know, they do the quick, um, they do like the quick memorial for Kutzko and then it's like transitions right to Yzma. And then, uh, you know, Kronk in no less terms basically saying that, you know, you know, admitting that he didn't kill Cusco uh, when he was supposed to. And then uh, Yzma getting constantly frustrated with them is, you know, one of those running, uh, running lines throughout the, uh, the film, which I think is, is kind of interesting. So um, obviously we breeze through a lot there, but yeah, it's um, yeah. you know, kind of, like you say, you don't feel completely bad for Cusco just because of how much of a, you know, of an asshole he's been. Um, but you definitely, you know, it's interesting seeing like we'll see how like the relationship between him and uh, Pacha starts to kind of grow here, um, especially after Pacha saved him from those uh, those jaguars after that uh, that little squirrel caused uh, caused it caused them to wake up and chase him. Andy, what did you think about all of this here? I actually have it on in the background, and I'm at, I'm at the part that we're kind of going through, and she's yeah, just so measured them, and it's <laughs> Dad's home, and she's measuring them. Um, and I, for the first time ever, realized how much they kind of made Paco look like John Goodman, too, in a way. Well, I think originally they wanted Chris Farley for this role, but oh, Farley yeah. passed away. That, that yeah. would have made sense. It yeah, Farley, Spade, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. together. But, yeah, see, Cusco, he's not a sympathetic here, protagonist. I mean, you don't really, I didn't. I didn't feel sympathy towards him. I'm like, he kind of got like what he deserved. Like, yeah, you didn't want to see him die or anything, but you know, and also, you know, plenty of times in Disney films, I mean, look, look at what, how Jafar tried to dispose of Aladdin several times. They threw him off a cliff That's with true. weights and everything. I mean, Scar kills Mufasa by like tossing him into Shelly. off a gorge. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, death and violence and, and stuff like that. It's just, you know, because of the animation and everything mm-hmm. like that, he kind of goes over your, a little kid's head for the most part. But, um, yeah. And also, there, are there, can you find henchmen that don't make a mistake and have to, like, I mean, come on, we go back to Hercules. It, they were supposed to kill the baby. Yeah. And, and then, they've, then Hades finds out he's still alive and they're wearing his merchandise. Or... You know, the hyenas were supposed to kill Simba. Uh, Iago was supposed to, you know, they all, henchmen always let their, the main villain down a lot. And a but lot of times. All of our also, henchmen, though, I will say, like, not to interrupt you, but it seems like a lot of our henchmen actually have somewhat of a conscious, conscious. Most, more, more than, yeah. more do than don't, than don't. Like, right, like right. Iago 
kind of gets redeemed later on, like in the TV show and stuff like that. Yeah, but like the hyenas, there's no, there's no redemption on the hyenas. There's no redemption on some of them. But yeah, but Croc is a few, one of the few henchmen who, who has a, a face turn, I guess, if you want to use a wrestling uh, phrase. Yeah. But no, no, I, I did. Um, and I was like, where, where, where does this squirrel get a balloon animal? You know, I kind of, <laughs> I, I was like, what, what, what are we doing here? The jaguars were good. They kind of remind me of the leopard from, from Hercules. That's the thing when you, after you've seen other things so many times, it's like kind of like you kind of, you kind of have yeah. to try to shut your brain off to where like things are, because there are like, things that are. This reminds me of this, and this reminds me of this, and yeah, yeah. you have to try to be as open minded, but sometimes you just can't help that your your mind wanders, and then just Pacha, I just can't, I I couldn't, not that I didn't buy, but like he just gives uh, Cusco so many chances, and 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 is like, is he that good of a person? Like, is that I don't know, maybe it's the cynic native New Yorker in me that, but. I, I love and the roller coaster thing was great, by the way. Steve mentioned. I'm like and I'm like, why why have we not gotten this as a ride in Disney? And you know, I'll talk about where I think they could put it because they just announced something that mm-hmm. this would fit in uh, in the, in the next few years. But you know, this whole uh, bumbling thing with with Kronk, I thought, yeah, I love the devil and the angels there too. By the way, on his shoulders, which we get plenty of in all, over time in movies, but. Yeah, Isma is is yeah she she doesn't I don't know I, I I like her but I just don't buy her that's is that is that is, you know what I mean I like, like her when she's interacting with so I think for me what it is is that the whole cast as a whole works so and the characters as a whole work together but like if you didn't have um Kronk Kronk and you didn't have Cusco's like idiocy and and as Steve said, like just narcissism. I don't think Isma would have worked. I think yeah. it all works for me specifically um, because of the other characters and their um, attitudes and demeanors and just who they are as a person. So I think to me that's why she works. Okay. No, I, I I do like I do enjoy her. Like I, I she made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Eartha Kitt, you know, legendary actress. I mean, she was Catwoman for crying. Well, one of the Catwoman yeah. on on uh on the Batman show originally, but she was the you know, main. It, she was she's the first, wasn't she? Yeah, she's. Sorry, I I don't. I mean, we used to watch I know, that with Caden and I. So and it was obviously a rerun at that point, but I genuinely just can't remember. Yeah, it's her and um. Who was the other one? Was uh, Lee Merriweather was another one, and mm-hmm. Julie Newmar. I like Julie Newmar a little bit better. I think Julie Newmar overall is a better Catwoman. I think Eartha Kitt as as the Catwoman voice is the best, and Lee yes. Merriweather. We're talking about like the original from the sixties. Lee Merriweather yeah. only appeared in the, in that ridiculous movie. So, um, but yeah, I, I always thought Julie Newmar was probably a better Catwoman, and and, and Steve made a good point about Wendy Malick. Uh, she's great, and that that mm-hmm. is right on par with how with her and her roles that we've seen her in. I think the only other person I think that could have done this and been done a similar job would have been maybe Allison Janney. Um, but Wendy Malick definitely does a great, and she yeah she's a very she doesn't have a lot of screen time, but she she makes the most of it when she's on, and she's pregnant too. Uh, yes. And I was looking up on I, I am Deba the um, little trivia. She was I think the first pregnant um, character. 
in, in really? the Disney show. Yeah. That's what it says, at least. Whoever wrote that, I hope they're right. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if you guys wrong making us look like fools, we go and find you. I will find you. Yeah. Whenever there's misinformation on, like, the pods I do with Tim and I, like, call it out while I'm reading it, he, like, cracks up. I have <laughs> so. given misinformation before that I got off of a very reputable source, and I had the nastiest of nasty grams sent to me. I no longer put up with you fools. Google for yourself. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> um, I do love this movie, though, so I can't help it. Uh, Kuzco, though, in all of this, so we've met... Pacha's family, their fan. I love them. I really do. Um, I love this little scene that's on right now where he's arguing with the squirrel. Yes. He's like, hit the road, Bucky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you guys haven't figured this out, if you're new here, one or almost all of us usually sometimes have this on in the background. I have it on. Um, Yeah, I have it on. So I'm at the the point that Andy was talking about a moment ago with the... um, balloon animal and he pops it which you know then wakes the jaguars so after after this takes place Cusco like feigns the agreement with Paca's demand and Paca leads him back toward the palace but on their way across the bridge Paca falls through a weak plank and Cusco refuses to help him as he says that he would put Pacha in prison for life but this was better so Pacha furiously yells at Cusco saying that they shook hands on it and Cusco replies that you need hands to do that, and that he has no hands. <laughs> Cusco, of course, then falls through the plank like Pacha, and he and Pacha start fighting. The bridge, of course, shortly snaps and falls. Cusco and Pacha fall down the cliff and end up stuck at the bottom. So at this point, they have to work together. Working together, they climb up the cliff to reach the rope to pull themselves up further. Uh, while climbing, however, Pacha does grab the rope, but it's stuck on a branch of scorpions, then fall into Cusco. Cusco gets scared, and then he falls. This is like one of those, um, have you ever woke up and, like, you drop something, and as you're trying to clean it up, you, like, fall, and then you get all that taken care of, and then, like, you catch your, the, like, part of your pant, like, the belt strap on the door. It's like, that's what this is to me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like, everything just keeps going wrong because I keep, like, I have watched this a thousand times, but, like, I'm reading my notes to you guys, and I'm like, Jesus, does it end? (laughs) (laughs) It just keeps going. Um, So the scorpions then fall onto Cusco. He gets scared. I would, too. It's okay, bro. Um, Pacha gets scared and then smacks his back into the wall. This wakes up some of the bats in the wall with Cusco that then attack him and launch him off. Cusco, scared again, runs up the wall with Pacha and they land back on the cliff. Finally, after laughing about all this, the cliffside Pacha is on begins to fall and Cusco actually saves him by grabbing onto Pacha's poncho and launching him back. This is when Pacha finds out that Cusco is starting to change his ways, no matter how much Cusco denies it. Pacha then says that they should start going, as it's going to be a four-day walk to the palace without the bridge. Cusco then questions Pacha about this, and Pacha says that he shook hands on it, and it will he will still take Cusco to the palace. So, uh, I forget who went last time. Uh, Steve, 
did you go last? I don't know. How about Steve anyway? So Steve, there's a lot that clearly happens here and it's like back to back, a lot of, a lot of damage to one's body. How did you feel about this? Cause obviously they're trying to be funny, but also give us like drama to emphasize that he is quote unquote going to change. So how did you feel about this? Um, well, it's funny. Annie made an interesting point about, um, Pacha being like too trusting yeah. and like all the chances he's given Cusco, like, Oh, absolutely. You know, like you, like at one point, like you say, Cusco thinks, you know, starting to kind of reconsider things. And then Pacha makes them shake, makes them shake hands. And then we get to the bridge where Cusco, where Pacha gets, you know, trapped up in the vines and Cusco just wants to leave them. And that, that one point where you're, uh, where Pacha just shouts is like, we shook hands on it. That's <laughs> cause that's like a class. Like, cause like John Goodman always has like that one point where like one of his characters just, you know, goes, goes like, goes off like that. So it just fits, it fits perfectly. Right. Um, and then the whole point, you know, when they, you know, fall down and they're trying to avoid getting, you know, going to, to the alligators and like the whole thing where they're like walking up side, you know, back to back up the walls or up the sides of the cliff. And um, just that whole sequence was, you know, just an interesting note, you know, point there, you know, the two trying to work together and eventually they save each other at the end. And, you know, cause again, Pacha, I think is trying to, like you, like we say, see the good in Cusco and Cusco, you know, is like at one point was just like not buying it, but then he's kind of like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Why else would I would I have saved you? So I think um, he sees the good in everyone. I think that's a good point to bring up is that Pacha is a character that would see the good in Isma. He would see the good in, in anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it just again kind of we're we're trying we're they're trying to slowly kind of like you said start to make you feel a lot more sympathetic to Cusco. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we see, it is it is a slow process, but we'll see it eventually get there. Mm-hmm. Andy, how did you feel about all this? Um, I thought these were some fun sequences. I mean, when they're both tied to the log. Oh, yeah. And they're going down the uh, the river, and he's like, is there a waterfall? Yep. Is there, <laughs> is there sharp rocks above? Most likely. Bring it on. Uh, yeah. I, I, I remember I, that being in all the trailers. The tra- yes, that was in the trailer. Yeah. I remember that. And then. No, this this whole comedy of like errors. I like wrote in my notes like, um, where is it? Uh, Crocs. Was it gators, scorpions, and bats? Oh my! Like, what else could like <laughs> fall down here? And and yeah, the whole having to uh, to work together. I mean, it was very honestly. Now that I after I read that, that's a very Farley Spade thing that kind of like similar to what they did. I think in the movie Black Sheep. Maybe even Tommy Boy, where they kind of work together like that with, you know, mm-hmm. you know the skinny little guy and the, and the bigger, heftier guy. And um, no, I thought I thought it was like kind of like really there were some fun sequences here. And then um, and then we get the little um, the dance, the uh, Cusco dance. That, uh-huh. 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 So <laughs> I, def- I definitely see like where people there are like things in here that will stick out. And, and be part of like your uh, your consciousness, I guess, in mm-hmm. terms of of like loving the movie, like the le- pull the lever, you know, the dance, the you know, bring it on, things like that. But I thought this was probably my favorite part of the whole movie was besides the what's upcoming uh, with the with the the diner. I I I, lo- I really did enjoy these sequences here. I think they're fantastic. Um... So we have Isa and Kronk that, by the way, this whole time have been going through the jungle and looking for Cusco. They ended up getting chased by bees. 
Um, Isla meets Bucky and screams at him. And Bucky gets scared and runs to Kronk and they start talking. And I love this when they're having like a full conversation. Like he's having a full like like conversation with the squirrel. And Isma is mad only until Kronk translate what Bucky said. Uh, basically saying the llama had given him trouble. The talking llama had given him trouble. Um, so after asking him for Isma, Kronk finds out where Cusco went. And he and Isma head off. Of course, Cusco and Pacha still making their way, walking until they find a roadside diner and decide to eat there with Cusco dressed like a girl since llamas are not allowed. Like, there's even a sign that's like, no llamas. Like, we have no dogs. There's like no llama sign. <laughs> um, which I love this. So after Cusco talks to the chef about the food, Pacha begins to eat until Isma and Kronk arrive shortly after. And he overhears Isma discussing their plans to kill Cusco. Pacha goes to Cusco and attempts to warn him. Throughout the visit, neither party knows that the other is there, which is a trope that happens in TV where, like, on one side of the place will be these people and on the other side is, is these people. Um, Andy, I know you kind of really liked this. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the the roadside diner and the, 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 meat, the meat hut. <laughs> yeah, the meat hut and no one knowing that the other is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it... You know, it looks like a big boy. That was what I wrote. Oh, notes. yeah. Uh, the hot and crispy pill bug. I was like, oh, good. Oh, God. <laughs> um, you know, I know I like that how they're like faking that they're like on their honeymoon and the onion log to split. Um, yeah. The whole thing <laughs> with with the kitchen where one person goes in through like because it's the one way door. So people yeah. coming in. In the, in the one door and out the other. And and Kronk, you know, gets in there and he just takes over being the short order to cook. And he just starts, I was like, what else is he going to do? Well, um, I mean, he's been, he's used to taking her short order, yeah. uh, like, uh, I, I was going to say rules. That's not the word I'm looking for. Her or, her orders, but in a different way, not food. So, I mean, makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, the, yeah, the waitress is a typical diner waitress, not like really happy to like be there. And can I take your order, please? What do you want? <laughs> kind of thing. Which you've ever uh, worked in a diner? I mean, hmm. I, I went to diners a lot growing up in New York, in Westchester. That was like the thing to do. And there, a lot of them were like that. Yes, I could just imagine what what the 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 bowl you have to put up with, especially like late at night with everybody going there after like being out all night drinking and stuff like that. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure you'll love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the one guy, I like the one guy gives him like gives um uh Pacha the thumbs up after he sees because go walk by like hey yeah good job there you got your one woo woo. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, but definitely, yeah. And, and, uh, and we didn't also talk about Kronk. The way, like, you know, Esma and Kronk are going through the forest is Kronk's got her in a backpack, basically. <laughs> like, he's jogging, and he's got the, you know, her in, like, a tent, almost like Prince John in, in Robin Hood. So, oh, no, I didn't no, think de- of that. Yeah, definitely a, a fun, a fun uh, sequence here, uh, especially this diner. Yeah, this is, you know, after we had that big action sequence, uh, which was comedic. Now we get like this is just all played. This is all like comedy of errors kind of thing going on here. Right. So yeah, no, I know. I really like this is probably my favorite part of the movie. Steve, what did you think about this? Anything part? on this menu that's not simmering in gravy? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean simmering in gravy sounds pretty fantastic. I don't see a problem with that. I don't see a problem with that either, right? 
Um, so, Steve, how do you feel about things simmering and gravy over here? <laughs> um, well, I, I do like how, um, that, like you said, how uh, they're going through the jungle. It's like uh, Kronk feels like he's in his element, whereas Yzma is definitely not. And at one point, Kronk is like, I think he's like, say he's playing with like uh, exotic bird bingo. <laughs> trying to get all the... <laughs> and then, and then, like you said, he has the discussion with the squirrel because he reveals he's a, um, what was it? A, like a junior squirrel scout, I think is what he said. Oh, yes. Cause, cause yeah. Cause I think that's like the whole, one of the whole, one of like the through lines of the second film, but um, and then yeah, the whole like you said, the whole scene at the diner where they dress, he has to dress Cusco up, and they make like they're um like they're a couple, and saying that they're on their honeymoon, and um and yeah, just the whole like yeah, Gronk just goes right back into the kitchen and just takes over like he like he owns the place, and uh and yeah, like like the fun that that is a funny bit there, like going back and forth with like not knowing like the other person's there, um. And then at one point they do like the big birthday celebration for Isma, um, that lets Kronk, get, I mean uh, Cusco and uh, Pacha to make their escape. So uh, yeah, this was I think was one of the um, probably the the main highlight of the film. I think it's probably one of the funniest that like even if you didn't really love the film, everybody can agree that was like really awesome. Like it's just. I don't know. To me, it's like the fun part. Yeah, you know, and the waitress like reads the order to Kronk. She's like, "You got it." He goes, "Yeah, I got it." And he gives all like the diner speak. Yeah, three little piggies change the oink to a, a gill. There you go. Got it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of great lines in this, and maybe I think that's what um, has stuck with me all these years because I feel like no matter how many times I watch this, I keep laughing at the same places. Like I keep getting the same gratification out of it, basically. And they do that chain restaurant happy birthday, which you get like on Fridays or whatever. It's like, I don't know. And I mean, oh, someone here is getting all, you know, how every like chain restaurant. All I know is we always hate their faces. (laughs) We always hate that. Like somebody be like, ma'am, excuse me, it's his birthday. And I'm like, hooray for me. Which I haven't worked in a restaurant in, in years, but I did for a very long time. And that my favorite is like, it's his birthday. And I'm like, I want to be like, good for him. <laughs> well, we, one summer, some of my fraternity brothers and I were in a bowling league together. Uh, like, and we would go to Fridays after, like, every week after. It was only like for like eight weeks or whatever it was. And yeah. it was literally somebody else's quote unquote birthday every week. And it was like a oh, contest. Oh, not your those guys. Yeah, well, I mean, fraternity brothers, did that shock you? <laughs> oh, just saying. Well, we, hey, you know, we dropped some cash, so. <laughs> then that makes it worth it. That makes it worth it. <laughs> um, what doesn't make it worth it is that Cusco is convinced that Ezan is loyal, which to me shows just how oblivious he is to the world around him. Like, we already knew this, right? But. He just he furiously berates Pacha and basically returns to Isma, only to actually overhear Isma and Kronk not only discussing that they are seeking to kill him, but that the kingdom does not miss him at all. Um, Cusco realizes Pacha was right, but Pacha's left. I mean, can you blame him? As you've both said, he's given him so many like choices at this time. Of course, we have repentant Cusco who spends the night alone in the jungle. So the two then reunite after becoming friends again, which it's kind of funny. Like it's, it's a, 
you can't go straight to being friends. So their interaction is very funny to get them back to being friends because, come on, it's Disney. We knew they were. But Cusco and Pacha race back to Pacha's house to get some supplies. While going up, two old men tell Pacha his relatives came by. But it turns out that it was Isma and Kronk, and Pacha warns his wife in private. Pacha's wife and kids then launch Isma down a hill, which I love. Um, and she ends up looking like a pinata. Isma then sees Cusco and Pacha running off, and she tells Kronk, and shortly he and Isma race back to the palace. There's a lot of racing and going back and forth here, which I'd like to remind everyone. They said it would take four days to get back to the palace without the bridge. So I'm just unsure of that part. Um, but they race back to the palace after Cusco and Pacha. Isma and Kronk chase them until the pursuers get hit by lightning and fall into a chasm. Mm-hmm. So what do we think here, Steve? Uh, we got We've got like betrayal. And return to friendship and pinatas and the family gets in on it again. So how do we feel? Well, we have to remember that Disney passage of time works different than reality passage of time. So. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that um that moment where um Cusco realizes that Isma and um Croc want to you know are trying to take him out and that the the, basically the kingdom doesn't care that he's gone um that kind of realization where he just kind of resigns himself to his fate and at one point we see we get back to where he's in the rain and again he's na- trying to narrate again that he's the victim and he in the the actual Cusco is just like you know I'll, I'll like I'll be quiet you know you know you're what you know the truth is so um and yeah the, they get to one point where he resides resigns himself that he's going to be a llama so he tries to act like a llama and that's where he comes 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 across pacha and like you said they reunite and uh this actually was again one of my another one of my favorite scenes the whole where isma and croc are trying to uh you know play coy that they're part of the family but again you know um um uh, pacha's wife completely sees through it like you know again this you she's know. not an idiot she's one of the smartest people <laughs> oh, no. in this entire movie <laughs> And then Cro- and Croc just wants to, you know, play play with the kids and um and then like you said, Pacha, they they make it and he uh he tells his you know, tells her about everything. And at one point, um Cusco tries to introduce himself, but he gets hit in the head with a frying pan. Which <laughs> 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 Um, which was a funny bit, and then, um, then like you said, then they get locked in the closet at one point, and uh, you know, um, and Isma tells Croc to uh, break the door down. He's like, he's like, what? This is pure mahogany. I'm not breaking this down. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and like you said, then then Isma gets basically run through the ringer with like the she gets she slips on the on the wet floor, gets hit by the door, covered in honey and feathers, and then like you said, gets um tied up like the pinata and gets beat on by the kids. So. Um, that's a good little moment there. And then some more uh, breaking the fourth wall as they're basically running through the jungle. And then, like, you're seeing, like, what you would see on a map. And yeah. <laughs> They travel and I, by map! That popped me! <laughs> and, and at one point, the um, as, after, they, after um, Cusco and uh, Pacha get across that little chasm, Kronk um, opens up the tent so that it becomes, like, a flying machine. And then, like you said, they get hit by the lightning. Like, that one little rain cloud... Pour, has to pour the rain on them on the you know it's a bright sunny day and they got that one rain cloud so another common trope but um but yeah this was a fun little sequence um and like i said it's probably i think next to the scene of the diner one of my favorite parts of the film 
Yeah, I do like that travel by map uh, kind of funniness that happens here for sure. Well, the, the Muppets like made the phrase famous. I mean, also, you know, Indiana Jones doing it. Um, no, I, this this was I, I I enjoyed this part here because you know how uh, Potch's wife you know keeps up with the uh, charade and sees sees right through it. Mm-hmm. Isma Isma had very poor choice in footwear, by the way. Oh, yeah, she even says something about, where's my best shoes? Yes, because going, going through the uh, the jungle and the mud and everything, and Kronk just wants, it's, Kronk's basically a big kid. You know, oh, absolutely, hand, yeah. No, it, this is, yes, like Steve said, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Just the picture of Kronk skipping rope is, is, <laughs> is, 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 is so funny there. And at one point, the, they're, like, trading off, and, like, the rope keeps spinning, even though there's, like, nobody on the one side swinging it. <laughs> You're a lot more like my great-great-aunt, <laughs> and she did not like that. You know, it's called cruel irony. And then we get the, uh, you know, the cronk face turn. This was, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, what do you mean the door is stuck? I mean, I mean they really play along here to, uh, to keep them uh, at bay. Right. And they, they kind of, because really... I mean, Pacha and and Cusco really do need the hand here. So, um, no, this was fun. I I, I like this part. I think it's overall enjoyable, kind of for everybody. And we knew that it was going to happen, but we get to we get to see the laboratory again because yeah. Cusco and Pacha arrive at Isma Laboratory only to find that their pursuers somehow got there first. Um, which it says, uh, I it actually has a note here. It says, by a method which humorously not even they know. <laughs> uh, Yzma passes Kronk a knife to finish the duo off. Kronk becomes stricken with doubt as his angel and devil reappear on his shoulders and they converse with him. Uh, as you mentioned before, Andy, these conversations with his angel and devil, which are done a lot in movie and television but the these are funny i love them so much um of course they converse with him of course with everyone else's confusion right everybody else is like what so Kronk changes sides after a vicious tongue lashing from yzma and attempts to drop a chandelier on her but her very thin body <laughs> enables her to escape harm in retaliation of course she drops him down a trap door and Yzma summons the palace guards, forcing Cusco and Pacha to grab all of the transformation potions that they can and flee. Of course, after trying several formulas that convert Cusco to many other animals and then back to a llama, they escape the guards, but not Yzma. And they find they are down to only two vials. Yzma lunges into Cusco, but accidentally lands on one of the two. And she turns herself into... A tiny kitten. A struggle then ensues, and Pacha dangles from the ledge. Cusco um, has then grown his conscience and saves the pheasant, or peasant, peasant, pheasant, I, whatever. Yeah, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Saves, which, I, why are we referring to him as a peasant? I mean, I know he is, but I mean, come on. Again, he's one of the best people here, right? Isma uh, mm-hmm. still almost manages to obtain the antidote, but this is thwarted by a sudden appearance or reappearance, rather, of Kronk. So before we kind of like finish it, finish it, even though this is the end. Um, Andy, how did you feel of, about this? Like 
Well, we just talked about the travel, and we found that hysterical. Mm-hmm. But the we got Angel and Devil again. We've got, like, lots of changing bodies. People are changing a lot in this sequence here. What did you think about this? Is this where you – because I know you said you had a problem somewhere, and I haven't heard you say it yet. Well, just the kind of, like, how expedient, they, how fast they kind of move this whole along. I, uh-huh. I just had a problem with Pacha giving – um, so many chances to Cusco because yeah. again, I I didn't I don't know I just it was he he doesn't I don't think Pacha Cusco uh, earns his his redemption as as much as he probably should have you know what I mean right you know, I love I love the fact that you know the guards here turning into the animals um can we go home or you're excused anybody else I love <laughs> have it on going on right now. <laughs> But you know, uh, we were waiting for the Kronk face turn to happen, like, and so knew and it, it does. Kind of knew. It kind of kind of knew because he he had the, he has he had a conscience, and you kind of knew he was going to. Um, at one point, I don't know. It just it just seems like the one of the problems I have with this movie is, is sequences seem very sim- familiar. You know, like the, okay. the ch- chases through the jungle scene. Like we get a lot of similar sequences the sequence in the jungle the sequence by map the sequence here in in the lab they all kind of have the same cadence a little bit so i thought that's maybe like the problem i may have had with it where it didn't it kept kind of like not repeating itself but it it, it's almost it's felt like it kept going back to the same kind of sequence where it's like a very speedy kind of um yeah uh, what's his name frenetic yeah, but there's the, the, a very specific director that he does the se- well, at least a sequence like that in every one of his movies. He's the one that read uh, Guy Ritchie. It, it's yeah. like a lot of Guy Ritchie. Yeah. <laughs> like excessive amounts of Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. But no, I, 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 but I did think it was fun. I mean, yeah. I, th- I thought that when Isma turns into cat was some brilliant writing the way they the way they pulled that off. But you know, again, you know she. She, I don't know. She, she never, to me, she never posed a, as big of a threat as a villain should. You know. Yeah. I think on her sense. on her own, she's she's inept. Because well, you know? she is. Yes. Well. Well. Yeah. She is. I love how they. You know, when she does turn, like you at first, you you know, you make you think that like she's this giant cat, and like a jaguar almost, and then she becomes a kitten. My Very nasty little kitten, but no, it definitely, definitely um, fun sequences. But I just, I just, I don't know. Maybe I just felt like it was like they went to the well a bit too many times with the frenetic uh, action. Okay, I could, I could understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, what about you for all of this? Yeah, so they get like you said, they get to the the lab, and they and Isma and Kron conveniently just happen to be there first, and even they're amazed by it. And then, like you said, we get the devil and the angel back, and then this is when Isma finally snaps at Kronk and like you said, facilitates his face turn. Um, I did like the chandelier bit where he cuts the chandelier down, and she, she just has to be so thin that he, she, you know, it goes right through her without her getting harmed. And even he's like, "Huh, that usually works." <laughs> it's like. Are you, was he that oblivious to it? Um, 
and then like you said then like the whole chase sequence and all, i love that bit like all the guards get um get changed to the animals and she's like you know get them and the one guy's like you said he's like uh i turned into the cow can i go home and she's like yeah you're excused anyone anyone else <laughs> i thought that was funny and then them trying on like the different vials and cusco gets turned like into a turtle and then at one point Potch is like you know as they're sliding down this like ramp he's like oh please like please be something with wings and it happens to be a like a very tiny bird um because it was like i'm choosing the next one he does it. he turns into a giant whale he's like don't say a word <laughs> that, that was like thought that was good and then yeah the final like bit there where like there's the two vials left and just so happens she gets the one that turns her into a kitten um and then we get the one the final point where it's like you know Cusco can either, you know, save him, you know, get the vial to save himself or he can save Pacha and he ends up saving Pacha in the end. And then, um, the, you know, the convenient trap door that Kronk goes through where he ends up crushing Isma and then helps, uh, and then Pacha, Pacha and Cusco get the right vial. So, um, it's a good, you know, final sequence, um, some, you know, good little gags in there and, um, and like you, like you said, Isma you know, kind of, you know, we, like the expected, you know, because Croc was never a really, you know, Croc was never obviously heel. He was always a tweener. Um, but right. then he goes f- full on face. So, mm-hmm. I I think what's fantastic is it kind of goes back to what happened in like the very first sequence where he tells her, I think you need to label your potions better. <laughs> kind of proved his point. Um, but we do finally have Cusco becoming human again. And he sets out to redeem himself, building a much smaller summer cabin on the hill next to Pacha's home this time. Uh, meanwhile, the outdoorsman Kronk now has become a scout leader, with Kitten Yzma forced to be a troop member to Kronk's pride. Um, mm. Which I thought was funny, because, I mean, really, what else can you do to her? You really think she's going to try to take over the uh, kingdom as a tiny kitten now, or anybody's really going to listen to her? So I enjoy the closeout of this. Um, I will say that you guys have made me realize that, yeah, a lot happens really fast. But because I love this movie so much, I think I've just, like, overlooked it. But you're right. It's a little frenetic. Um, But even with all of that, and I could gush about this continuously forever. And I will scream for the rest of my life at people to pull the lever cronk. But... I want to know final thoughts wrapping up with how it ended and everything as a whole. How did you feel, Steve? Like, and it's okay if you didn't like love it. I get it. <laughs> I do. I do like how we get the, um, we see the old man again and he gets, you know, you know, Cusco like apologizes to him for what happened earlier. And the old man takes it with a grain of salt. He's like, it's not the first window I've been thrown through and it won't be the last. So don't worry about it. So, <laughs> uh, I like, I did like that. And, um, and like you said, yeah, he decides that he's not going to, you know, he's not, he's going to let Pacha keep his home. And then he ends up building his little place, um, next to Pacha. So in essence, cause the whole thing throughout this is that we, you know, obviously Cusco never really had a family that we right. ever saw. So now he kind of sees, he sees Pacha as like his, as his extended family. So, and I did like the little, um, how the, how, uh, Pacha's wife made him the little poncho with a llama on it. And, you know, I thought that was a good, that, that kind of cute gesture. So, and then, and then we see, like you said, Croc now leading his own little, his, his scout troop with the Yzma as the kitten. So kind of a little, you know, she gets her, she gets some comeuppance, does get some comeuppance as well. So, right. um, as a whole, um, 
it does if i mean like you said if you know at 78 minutes it does fly so it's not like you know you're it's like dragging in any parts so i do um think that's you know a good part um as i kind of said at the beginning um if you kind of read it up on the history of the production of this film, it did go through a lot of changes. Apparently, you know, at one point it was going to be called Kingdom of the Sun. And um, the original idea behind it was going to be more like um, sort of kind of similar to like a Prince of the Pauper type story. Um, um, so I, I do wonder what it would what that would have been like if they had gone through that di- with that direction and not kind of changed gears midway through mm-hmm. and with with what we ended up getting. Um but I, I, I do think it, it is a good film. Um, like I said, I'm probably not in the camp that thinks it's extre- that it's underrated. I think it's properly rated where I, at least I, where I would have it, where it's like in the mid tier for me, at least. Um, I think of, of the three films from 2000 that we watched, it's, it's probably the best one. I would have this one first, then Fantasia 2000 and then Dinosaur. Um, and I think, Given what we will kind of see going, like I said, going forward, I think there are a couple of films that, you know, the films we are going to have coming up, not all of them, but a few of them. Um, this one definitely ranks, would rank above them as well. So I, I would say if you have, if you haven't seen it in a while, you know, and you're, and you want to kill some time, you know, I, I'd say go see it. You know, it is, a, it is, a, it has its good moments. It has some funny parts in it. Um, and I think overall it is, um, it is uh, enjoyable. Perfect. Uh, Andy, what about you? No, I thought the end was good. I mean, mm-hmm. Cusco finds his family. You know, again, didn't think he earned it as much as he probably could have in this right. movie. Uh, I I agree with the overall rating of the movie that yeah, it, it it's it's middle for me, probably upper middle. Like I've never really sat down and done like you know rated ranked all my. All the Disney films. Uh, I do disagree, though, with Steve that I, I would put Fantasia 2000 above this in my personal list. Right. Not by not by much. You know, it's a and it, but it's kind of different. Like it's like Fantasia. You know, ranking stuff like Fantasia, Make My Music, Melody Time, those are collections of of other. So you know, it's not really like whole movies to like full length features. I mean, they are full length features, but they're not. The story is not full length, in other words, to me. Uh, right. But no, I, I definitely really did enjoy this film. Uh, I like, I did like uh, at the end, you know, the whole thing with the pool and everything, and and how Kronk, you know, you see him in the in the forest and in the whole, you know, the callback to the bingo, and he becomes like a scout leader. Kind of, it kind of built to that all the time with with how he was with the kids, with the with the with the rope skipping, mm-hmm. uh, rope jumping, and all that stuff. It definitely no. It is it is a fun movie. I I do I would recommend it. I I am gonna seek out Kronk's new groove. Uh, one like day when like I have nothing else going on, I could just sit and watch it for a little while. Um, but if we want to talk about where they are in the parks, they aren't. No, for aren't. shame. I think at one point um they appear maybe in one of the parades. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think they're in Fantasmic. I mean, there is merchandise, but recently at Destination D D23, which is not as big as the D23 Expo, it's much smaller. No, yeah. They did announce that Dino Land is going to be rethemed in Animal uh-huh. Kingdom to Tropical Americas, which um, is like Encanto. Uh, I forgot what the other film was that they were talking about with that. Um, but um, 
Why, they, and Co- yeah, um, Coco is in there. Yeah. Um, although I think we might get there was talk of that going into the Magic Kingdom, but it's not. But why, if we don't get anything for Emperor's New Groove, it'll be a crime. There should be some kind of like, like even if it's just like a kitty coaster, maybe they take like yeah. you know the 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 Chester and Hester's Dino Spin Ride, whatever. If they retheme that to Emperor's New Groove and make it like you know going down. They call it like pull the lever, uh, right? Or something like you know, yeah. where they have somebody pull the lever. Well, that's what you should wh- do. Somebody should start it off being like, Oh no, pull the lever, and then somebody you should hear ease in a scream, wrong lever, and the ride yeah. actually like start. That would be fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely an opportunity there for to appease, make people have fans of this happy because it, it's just nothing, you know, look, synergy, um. You know, IP. It's 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 really it's right there for the taking. If they even want to do like a little like a water coaster, like a, like a like a little mini like you know, not a maybe a flume even too that yeah. steam to uh to Emperor's New Groove. Definitely, uh, definitely opportunities there. I mean, I would like to have gotten Zootopia as a full land. I but agree. We're, but... we're getting Zootopia is going in in Animal Kingdom. By the way, it's replacing. It's tough to be a bug. And and Jessica, who did not like it's not to be a bug, was very happy to hear that. <laughs> I did not. I did not go on that one. I did go to the Dino Land though, and it's we a, did really enjoy it. It's 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 okay. I mean, Dinosaur is a bit of a rough ride. We talked about that in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough to be a bug is one of those 40 things, like kind of like the Shrek one was at Universal, where it's like you go oh. in there and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like effects. And there's one part where you gotta get stung in the chair, and Jessica did mm-hmm. not like that at all. So she was like, "Good, good to get rid of it." Good. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been I've I've been in that, so I know yeah. I know what you're talking about. There's a there's a really good um. You know, we got a while before we get to Zootopia, but there's a really cool looking attraction that's going in the Shanghai, uh, Disney Park for that. So for that ride, but now there it is. It is kind of like a crime that there's no Emperor's New Groove presence really in the Disney Park. So, uh, they Disney, you need to. Fix that. Right. So uh, they don't have a huge presence in the parks, unfortunately, but I was trying to find the information where they used to be a part of the parade, which that happens to a lot of characters where they have no real park presence, but you'll see them in like a random parade. Very often they they do put them in in parades like fairly recently after Mm -hmm. after the movie releases. And sometimes they become like, Characters from some things will become like a rare mm-hmm. character that you'll see. They'll see once in a while, like like people would lose their minds if Kronk was like out there, you know. And he'd probably have to be a he might have to be a phase character. Well, it said he, when when the film was originally released, uh, Cusco and Kronk were actually walk around characters in the park. Um, they did eventually add Uzma, and she would also make appear. They would all also make appearances in Disney parks. Although all three of them are like very hard to find now. It does say that for Tokyo Disney Sea, an attraction inspired by the Incan setting of the film called Raging Spirits did open in 2005 in the Lost River Delta area of the park. Uh, one of the Adventureland missions in the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom features characters from the film with Patrick Warburton as the only returning voice due to Eartha Kitt's passing in 2008. So. Well, if if you do love Patrick Warburton, I said he's he does the pre-show for Soren, like your whole safety mm-hmm. spiel and tells the story yep. of it. And yeah, he's awesome at that. So 
His list is, again, is an extensive. Um, also, there were some awards that actually, they were the Annie Awards. Um, they were nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten awards. Um, and this movie actually won Individual Achievement in Character Animation, um, which went to Del Bayer, who was our supervising animator. Um, individual Achievement in Voice Acting went to Eartha Kitt. And Individual Achievement in Music went to Sting and David Hartley for this movie. Um, so I didn't also, know what the Annie Awards were, but I mean... Yeah, well, it's, it's so like cool. there were awards for everything. There used to be something called the Cable Ace Awards that were cable-specific. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Years ago. And this actually... You know, and it missed the best Oscar for animated film by one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next year is when and when that uh, gets unveiled at the uh, Oscars. So yeah, it did get an Oscar now though for best original song. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think one of the keys is to get. I mean, I think me Sting won like that. What Phil Collins deal he got from Hercules. Mm-hmm. So yeah. where we have like the full soundtrack and all that stuff. That's I think that's kind of. And that, I mean, that's smart. I mean, you get a name attached like that to the music, featuring the music of so-and-so. Yeah, that's a big selling point to, like, any movie. I think any animated movie, at least. And I do enjoy those when we have um, some of those, like, full albums from a specific artist. But I think sometimes maybe it's better for the movie to not have that as well. Yeah, I could see that, too. Yeah. I think I think it just depends, and you have to try it and see if it works before you can say it doesn't, though. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, that's kind of a quick run through. I know we went through it really fast, but this movie's fast paced. Again, it is. 78, mm-hmm. 78 minutes long. It's not super uh, crazy there. Um, I highly love this movie, and I appreciate both the boys not butchering it too much. And knowing how much I loved it. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Um, Do either of you want to talk about the things that you have going on? Like, Andy, do you want to talk about things that we have going on here on our feed and all the Um, things that you're doing? Yeah, lots of fun stuff here on this feed. You know, uh, the video jukebox on the day, every weekday. It's mostly me, Steve, and Keithy. Uh, We have every other week is a theme week. So check that out every weekday morning at 8 a.m i'm going to try to get back up to i ran through my stream lounge inventory so i gotta get back on on the horse there to get my uh my shorts my pixar and disney short uh pod blast that i will mm-hmm. release on saturday mornings i gotta start getting those uh the pixar series will will resume uh very soon i got up to incredibles 2 so it's funny. I'm looking at the list. I don't have that many to go. So I might have to see like what'll be next for that. Laughing Theater is coming back. Uh, you know, I know I did a lot of the Pixar stuff as Laughing Theater on Streamlunch, but that's no longer around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's coming back uh, very soon. And the Blockbuster Rewatch, I am in the midst of Star Wars right now. I just released the episode, uh, the live watch of Empire Strikes Back with Scott Criscolo. And then he actually returns to Return of the Jedi with me. <laughs> And then following that uh, will be Keith Langston to do uh, Phantom Menace, the first of the prequel uh, trilogy. And then once I'm done with Star Wars, I believe I'm going back to Harry Potter. Woo-woo! And then um, we'll see uh, after that. uh, Traitors of the Lost Ark, that is the comic book podcast I do with Sean 
Tim and Scott. We are on a brief hiatus just because uh, some stuff going on in, in our personal lives. So that will be back very soon. And for that one, I, I don't remember what our arc is, uh, what, what story we're reading. But uh, it's a lot of fun. Really enjoy doing that. They got me into being a comics reader. So, so check that yes. out. And also... Uh, cartoons of our youth will be returning soon. Uh, I have to start getting uh, some of those scheduled over on the uh, PlayStation Wrestling Network. Uh, I have Who's Next. Uh, next episode may have dropped by now. If not, it'll drop soon. And Logan and I had an extended uh, break on that. So our last episode, we had to catch up on three months worth of TV. So we promised to get the uh, that out regularly so it's not as much of a, a marathon to uh, have to uh, not only do but for people to listen to so uh, check that out yeah and just check out everything we got going on here on the uh, place to be pop experience yes and what about you over there Steve what do you have going on that the good people might want to know about well, um, Andy did mention our uh, video jukebox song of the day that I do with him and Keith um, I also have Mickey Mount Rushmore here on this feed um Lots of good stuff been going on over there. Um, over on the wrestling feed, I have Extreme Resurrection, where me and James Grunberg are going through uh, ECW, the WWE brand, from 2006 to 2010. Uh, we are currently about to finish up June 2007, um, so we do unfortunately have to talk about the whole Chris Benoit situation, which is not going to be fun to talk about, but you know we got to do it. So uh, as we hit this, continue through the summer of 2007. There, uh, I also do occasionally appear over on the North-South Connection, whether it's part of Cronoso or uh, with uh, Ryan Gray for the um, whenever we do like the the premium live event uh, match previews. So um, be sure to check that stuff out. And also, I do want to say, um, if you've not subscribed yet to the North South Connection YouTube channel, please do so. Uh, those guys have a lot of great content over there. Um, on a practically on a daily basis so please uh, be sure to give them some love mm -hmm. uh, and also of course the uh, ptp facebook group where we have the greatest song of the 2000s tournament currently going on by the time um this drops we will have started round two uh so round one has um has come to an end a lot of uh, very interesting decisions occurred in that round so yes, yes. kind of left my uh left my head spinning a little bit but that's um that's the thing we love about these tournaments because it obviously shows off the diverse uh tastes of the uh, of the ptb so i'm um, looking forward to seeing how round two um progresses as we uh, weed out the uh pretenders from the contenders and we determine what the greatest song of the 2000s is mm -hmm. and of course i am also here on the place to be pop experience feed i do a muppets show with andy of course the show with the guys that you're currently listening to i have um lady in the beard with my really good friend kelly and i have a book podcast called bells with books um with one of my great friends bianca so you can check all of those out please check out the facebook group by the time that you hear this we will be in the swing of spooky season and we will have our Place to be Nation 31 Nights of Halloween that you can join along with. Um, we hope you enjoy. Um, anybody want to give a spoiler for what our next episode will be? If they're following along closely, they know what the next episode's going to be. Um, but does anybody want to give away what we're doing next time? Uh, well, uh, yeah. So um, our next episode, we are going to be uh, moving out of the... Uh 
the mountains of, uh, of Peru and taking a deep dive into the ocean as we will be discussing another film that is considered by many to be extremely underrated and has become kind of a cult classic over these last uh, 20 years or so, and that is Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Fantastic. All right. So join us then. And for myself and Steve and Andy, don't tell me, but we're about to go over a huge waterfall. <laughs> <laughs>